listening to Impact Sports Daily, WDBM's daily rundown of all things sports. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Impact Sports Daily. Today is Friday, December 10th. I am your host, Matt Merrifield, joined today with Jay DeCoster. The semester's almost at, almost over, Jay. We're almost there. You got just got to keep chopping. We got finals you know, basically this week and next week, so you just got to keep going. Yeah, so. got to keep going. One, one week left, and it's holiday season. A lot of great sports coming up this holiday season, mm-hmm. which we're going to get into today. But first, Thursday night football last night, the Vikings hosted the Steelers and defeated Pittsburgh 36-28. to Dalvin Cook tore up, tore oh, it up yeah. last night, coming back from injury, running for over two, just over 200 yards, added two scores, and they dominated that first half. Exactly. You know, Vi- Vikings up 26 nothing most of that game, and then the, the Steelers just started to make their comeback. And, of course, for Vikings fans, just the been the same story all year keeping a close game and this time finding a way to win but that last play Pat Fryermuth dropping that touchdown at the end that might have been some PTSD from Vikings fans there just just not long ago from last week if he caught that that would have been the same result in the last play just with the Lions doing that to them with Jared Goff and then the Steelers almost doing that to them but yeah a great game from Dalvin Cook 200 rushing yards two touchdowns a great return off off that injury he had uh he's playing with a harness so it's good to see that from him so yeah definitely the Steelers looked asleep in the first half obviously falling behind 26 to nothing we're down I believe 29 yeah they're down 29 to nothing halfway through the Mm -hmm. third quarter then they put it together Najee Harris got going he had two touchdowns last night Ben Roethlisberger figured it out in the fourth quarter and they started to move the ball really well Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Uh, the Steelers, I mean, they're such an interesting team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much to like about them. Their defense is really good, and it struggled last night early. Obviously, figured it out towards the end, and their offense is so inconsistent, as we saw. So last night for both teams was truly, I think, showed what, what their season's been like for both these teams. Exactly, and you know, with, the, with the Pittsburgh offense, it's just you know, Ben's just continuing to show his age. I know he didn't have a bad game last night, but still he's just throwing a lot of checkdowns and you know, not being the Ben that he used to be. And it's just fitting at the end with the Steelers that they just make these stupid mistakes, which is pretty rare on our Mike Tomlin-led team with Chase Claypool going down and just decides to you know celebrate with for the first down, which I don't get at all. Why don't you just get up and spike it? Like, just get up and put the ball down and spike it. Instead, you got the offensive lineman just trying to say, hey, Chase, what are you doing? Let's go. And then he bats the ball out of his hands and it turns into all chaos and they lose like 15 more seconds. So, yeah, just I don't, I don't I just didn't understand that. So yeah, it's interesting to think about how the Steelers are as an organization are treated like the Patriots. Very mm-hmm. professional, very strong leadership. Head coach Mike Tomlin expects a lot from his players, similar to Belichick, and yet you have these guys like Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think falls in this category. Antonio Brown falls in this category. We're not. I want to say they're loose cannons, but they're just very. Like outgoing personalities, and that it's just interesting to see how they fit into the Pittsburgh organization. I think that's part of the reason why they haven't been able to succeed as a team as much in the past, because I just think that they've had a lot of distractions, and I think just the mesh in the locker room for them has always been an issue. And obviously, you saw that last night when Chase Claypool tried to do a celebration, and then next thing you know, the ball is 15 yards to the right of the line of scrimmage, and they're all running around. Uh, for the Vikings, it was a huge win for them last night, trying to stay in that wild card hunt. Obviously, losing to the Lions is never good, but coming back and getting a big win for them, they are now just a half a game out of a wild card spot. And depending on who wins and loses this weekend, they could be in a wild card by uh, by Sunday night. And then for the Steelers again, with a win last night, they would have moved up into seventh in the playoff 
standings. They would have been the final wild card mm-hmm. team. Now they fall to 10th in the AFC behind the Raiders and the Colts. So it's not one for both those teams. It was a huge one for them. And it's just going to be interesting how it plays out. Absolutely. And for the Vikings, you ho- you go to the Bears on Monday night. That should be a winnable game. And then you host the Rams and you go to the Packers. Those are two games that you can you know, may- maybe make a statement that you can get in this w- NFC wildcard race because you're still in it. But you got to be able to beat those two good teams. But first, got to just take care of the Bears. And you play the Bears week, week 18, the final game of the season. So two winnable games there and maybe a winnable game for the Rams you're hosting the Rams and then go to the Packers, so we'll have to see. So Yeah, they definitely have to steal one if they want to make the playoffs with still an uphill battle ahead of them, but the road is there for them. It's just a question on more, more than likely they'll probably steal one from – they might even go to Green Bay and win one, but then they'll drop Week 18 to the Bears and still miss the playoffs, knowing yeah. how the Vikings like to do it. For the Steelers, schedule is very tough the rest of the way. They play the Titans at home, they play at the Chiefs, they host the Browns, and they go to Baltimore. I mean, there's, there's a real chance they don't win a single game. There's a, I mean, there's a chance they go 0-4 to finish the year. I don't think they will, but the, it, the win last night, the, if they would have been able to pull off that comeback, it would have been huge for their playoff chances. I do think they have a really good chance against the Titans. You know, the Titans are pretty banged up. Derrick Henry's still out for a significant period of time. You go to Kansas City, Kansas City, you know, playing a lot better, but they're still pretty beatable, I think. And then and the Browns not having their best season, and they go to the Ravens, that's obviously really tough, but... You know, the Browns is a winnable game. Obviously, you beat them earlier in the year in a low-scoring battle. So, yeah, the Steelers still in it. Obviously, when Mike Tomlin is their coach, they're always going to be in it. And no matter how much talent they have, you know, they're going to find a way to win these games. So, Yeah, definitely. Now we're going to move in our picks or pick them for the week in the NFL. Got a, quite a few big games going on this weekend. We're going to start off at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Big AFC North battle. The Baltimore Ravens travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Jay, who do you I got? do like the Browns in this matchup. I think it's an opportunity to you know bounce back in this AFC wild card race because this is a must. This is a must win game for them. If if the Browns come out and lose this game, then you know you can you might have to kiss their season goodbye. Just look at their schedule down the way, especially playing going to, going to Lambeau on Christmas Day. Yeah, I do think Cleveland comes out here. You know, especially off of you know, the game last the, their game last time. I do like Cleveland to win this game. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it helps that they had their bye last week after beating yeah. or they lost to the Ravens two weeks ago. They got a bye while the Ravens had to play Pittsburgh. So definitely a huge advantage mm-hmm. for them to get healthy. Kareem Hunt, I believe, is 100% now. He was back for their first Baltimore game, but they didn't give him the full load mm-hmm. that they should have. So both backs being healthy is going to be huge for them at home. I see no reason why the Browns can't get a win and put themselves in a much better spot in the AFC wild card race. And with a win, they would jump the Steelers and potentially they could put themselves even up to eighth in the in the in the conference. So that would be huge for them. So I do think that the Browns will win this weekend. Another big divisional matchup this time in the NFC East. Dallas travels to Washington to take on the football team. I do like I do, you know, Washington. They're off to they're they're doing really well so or not not so far, but in the middle part of the season. Uh, but I do like Dallas to win this game. I just think they're the much better team. I know Washington, you know, has been hot. They've uh, they got off to that tough start, and they've won, I believe, like four or five straight. Matt. So yeah, I do like I do like Dallas in this game. So yeah, I like Washington in this one. I think they've won four in a row. The defense has been outstanding the last four weeks since their bye week. They've really turned it around. I think at home, they're going to win this one. I think, and then really make that AFC. Division race, or sorry, NFC East division race is going to be really tough down the stretch. They still see each other again in two weeks in Dallas. I think Washington or Dallas will probably win that one, but I think at home, I, I like Washington to pull off the upset this weekend. Next game, 
four, at 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, probably the game of the week, if you want to call it that, at least in, for Sunday. You have Buffalo traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Buffalo struggled right, lately. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can beat the Bucs? Uh, I mean, look, going to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is playing much better now. I do like I do like the Bucks in this matchup. I know I'm picking a lot of favorites right now, but look, Tampa Bay is just a much better team. I know I'll probably be wrong, but they're just playing much better. Tom Brady throwing for four touchdowns against Atlanta. Of course, that's what he always does. So yeah, I do like Tampa. I do like the Bucks. Yeah, it's the the issue with the Bills right now. Their run they can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we saw Jonathan Taylor a couple weeks ago ran all over him last week. Mac Jones didn't even throw the football. You knew they were going to run the ball. You knew the Patriots were going to run the ball every play. And the Bills still couldn't stop him. So I'm really concerned about the run game or run defense. Leonard Fournette, I expect him to have a big day on Sunday. I think Tom Brady will do what he has to do to throw the ball and keep it, keep the offense moving. But I, I think the, the Buccaneers will run the ball well, control the game, and I think they'll get a win at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Sunday night, NFC North rival battle between the Chicago Bears traveling to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. Oh, God. Yeah, it's the spread is twelve and a half in favor of Green Bay. Well, as a Bears fan, I've seen this movie too many times before. You go to Lambeau and on national stage, prime times, Sunday night football, Thursday night football, whatever, and the Bears just get their at the ever living, you know what, kicked out of them. It's just it's the same story, different year with this team. Um, you know, at home, at home this year, twenty four fourteen in favor of Green Bay. You get Aaron Rodgers saying, "I still own you," which is true. He has owned. He has owned the Bears. I, I, I think he's like, what, 22 and four or something as the, as the starter against the Bears, which is absolutely stunning. I mean, I think that's the best record of any, of any QB against their rival in the, in the National Football League. Obviously, I do like Green Bay. Um, and Matt Nagy said this week, actually, actually, Matt Nagy said this week that we're aware of Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' comments saying, I still own. He's like, yeah, we're aware of it. But. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get fooled this time with this team. I just don't think. I just think they're just depleted of talent right now. I know Akeem Hicks is coming back. I know Al Robinson's coming back, but uh, Khalil Mack's out for the year. I don't know how you're gonna get pressure outside Robert Quinn. So I do like Green Bay to cover the twelve and a half points and win this game. But I don't think it's gonna be a complete blowout. Like I'm not. I'm not thinking like forty-one to three. But if that happens, boy, you you might have to be looking at some major changes up in uh, up at House Hall for which is where the Bears practice for, for a coaching change. So so I just looked it up. Rodgers is 22-5 and five in yep. his career against the Bears. Very impressive. The only team, the only quarterback that I know of that has a better record against a rival would be Tom Brady against the Bills, ironically playing this weekend. He is 32-3 and three against the Bills in his career. Wow. Which is absolutely crazy. And I wouldn't call that like a major rivalry. Bears-Packers is, is known for that. Right. It's like, it's like Michigan-Ohio State, basically. Right. Like, like I do not, I, I, it's like a Michigan fan. Like they don't like Ohio State. I hate the Packers. Right. So yeah, the, yeah, just thinking about it for an individual matchup, right? See each other two times a year, and obviously Brady does not anymore being in Tampa, but just supports the fact that that we both think that Tampa Bay will beat the Bills this weekend. For me, I will also be going with the Packers this weekend. I also think they cover the twelve and a half. I, I see no reason right now. Green Bay looks like the best team in the NFC, and. Chicago's fallen on hard times, obviously, like as you know, Jay. So I really think that uh, Green Bay is going to take it to them and win by two, three touchdowns. Positive vibes only. Um, <laughs> I might turn the game off by the end of the first quarter, but you know what? We'll see. But it's not going to be good. You'll find something to work on. Maybe study for finals instead exactly. of watching the game. Uh, final game of the weekend for our pick'em: Monday Night Football. The Rams travel to Arizona. How about this one, big matchup in the NFC West. 
you you know, got? I do. Oh, man. You know, I do like the Rams in this one. I think they've been, you know, obviously blowing out Jacksonville. It's not really something to, you know, be, go over the moon about. But I think I think the Rams come out in this game against an N- NFC West opponent. This is a big game in that division. I do think the Rams come out and, you know, make a statement that they're they're, they're still the, f- the Super Bowl favorites. So, yeah, I do like the Rams in this one. So Interesting. I do agree that playing the Jaguars last weekend really helped the help the Rams, right? Got them going. They've been really struggling. All right. They lost they had lost three in a row prior. Now they get a nice win against a not very good Jaguars team, but hopefully it gets the ball rolling. It's gonna be close. I think because it's in Arizona, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. But I do think it's gonna be close. It's gonna be a one possession game either side. Definitely a game that the Cardinals can win, but I still am gonna go with sorry, I think a game that the Rams can win, but I'm gonna go with the Cardinals to win at home and really take hold of the NFC West division title. Mm-hmm. All right. And now this is most likely our last episode of the semester. And we won't be back until the second semester doesn't start till January 10th, which it's is the end of the season. Right, we'll we'll is, know the playoff yeah, bracket by then. It'll be mon- the Monday after the NFL season, regular season ends. So we're going to make our playoff predictions now, how we think things will shake out by the end of the year. Jay, what what's your playoff picture going to look like? Well, I do think that the. Kansas City Chiefs will end up as the number one seed. I think that they are still. I know they've. I know they've haven't had the best year, but they are still in for. I think Mahomes will get it going towards the end of the year because he's Patrick Mahomes. So I think the Chiefs get the number one seed. I think the Patriots get the two seed. Ravens end up with that three seed, and then my wild card teams will probably have to be the Bengals, the Chargers, and then the Buffalo Bills. And that's. I think that's how it goes in that scenario. And then the NFC. Um, I think the Packers get that number one seed. Unfortunately, I think they, I think they're motivated to get secure that number one seed in Lambeau with fans in the stands this year, and find their way to the Super Bowl. And the, I think the Cardinals get the two seed, Rams the three seed, and then my wild card teams. Uh, man, I probably have to go. Probably have the wild card teams. Probably have to go Rams, 49ers, and then I think the Vikings secure the last spot. What about you? Interesting. All right. In the AFC, I also agree the Chiefs will find a way to finish atop the AFC and be the one seed. I think the Patriots finish two. I also think the Ravens finish three. I think the Colts find a way to win the South. I think really? their their division, or sorry, their rec, their seats, their, sorry, their schedule the rest of the way. They play the Patriots next week, which is tough. But then they go to Arizona, but then they host the Raiders and the Jaguars. I think they'll find a way to win three of those four. Meanwhile, Titans' schedule is really tough. They do play the Jaguars after their bye this week. Then they have, go to the Steelers. Or sorry, they play the Jaguars this weekend. Sorry. Yeah, they play the Jaguars this weekend, but then they go to the Steelers, host the 49ers, play the Dolphins, and they do play the Texans, but they have not looked like the top team that they have. Mm-hmm. I think the Colts have looked like the better team for, I would say, at least the last month since Derrick Henry went down. So I think the Colts will find a way to win the division. That being said, I still think the Titans will make a wild card spot. I think the Bills will make a wild card spot, and I think the Chargers will be the wild card. So I think, all right. So I'll have Chiefs, Patriots, Ravens, Colts, and then Chargers, Bills, and Titans. Yeah, I didn't even mention the AFC South. I don't. I, I just I didn't scroll down enough, but I do think the Titans will find a way to pull out and win this division. Um, you know, I just I just think. You know, losing Derrick Henry is big, but I still think they can find a way to win the AFC South here. And then for the NFC, I didn't even mention the NFC South too. Obviously, the Buccaneers will secure the NFC South title, and I do think they will get 
the I think I said the yeah the three seed. So in the NFC, I think that the Packers as well will finish atop the NFC and win or have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I think the Cardinals will finish two. The Bucks will finish three. I think Washington will catch Dallas and finish four. And then the wild cards will be the Rams, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. Those will be my wild card teams. And then from there, who knows, right? We'll be back for the playoffs. It should be. I'm very excited for the playoffs this year. Obviously, yet again, we have the seven teams. So we have a six-game wild card weekend, which will be a lot of fun to watch. And we'll just have to wait and see. There's been a lot of parity this year in the NFL. So we'll have to wait and see. Moving on now, we're going to move into college football. Last night was the award show. Everything but the Heisman was announced last night. We already talked about the finalists. Not going to go there. Big awards that were won last night. Bryce Young won the Maxwell and the Davey O'Brien Award. Maxwell for Player of the Year or Offensive Player of the Year, I believe is the award Mm -hmm. is for. The Davey O'Brien is Quarterback of the Year, which he easily earned. Kenneth Walker won the Dope Walker, which I think everybody expected him to win. Interesting enough, he won the Walter Camp Player of the Year award. What do you what do you yeah, make of that? Shocking. And I saw I saw something last night on Twitter that he's the first player to win the Walter Camp Award and not even finish top top two in the Heisman. Every single Walter Camp Award winner has won who has won the Walter Camp Award has finished either first or second in the Heisman trophy voting. And Kenneth Walker wasn't even top six. How about that? So that 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 was stunning to me. I, I did not Expect to see that stat last night. And what K-9 has done for this team has just been absolutely incredible. He's far far deserving of, fairly well-deserved to win both of these awards. So. Yeah, definitely. Kenneth Walker has definitely been the most outstanding player of the year because that is yeah. the official name for the Heisman Trophy winners, the most outstanding player of the year. I think Walker has far and away earned that or at least been top two, I would say. I thought when I saw the voting come out, which the voting for the Maxwell and all these awards were done the week before the Heisman voting was done. So I do think conference championships played an effect. So if the Walter Camp Award voting goes a week later, I think Young probably wins it over Walker, but it still would be close. But I definitely have to say that to have a guy finish, be named by one award, the top player in the nation, and not even finish top five. I believe he finished sixth in the Heisman voting. Six, yep. So that's that's ridiculous to me. It's definitely <laughs> interesting to see. Another thing, uh, Jordan Davis from Georgia won Defensive Player of the Year, which is and interesting because he very much deserved. I thought him and Will Anderson were the two best defensive players in college football. Interesting enough, neither of them are going to New York for the Heisman voting, but Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan is going to the Heisman ceremony on Saturday. He most likely finished fourth, I think, behind the other three candidates. But I thought it was interesting how he didn't win. He wasn't even second, or like he didn't win the either defensive player year awards. But he's still going to be in New York. Just really make lot of sense. Just, and, no, and no disrespect to Aiden Hutchinson, the dude's been an absolute beast this year. But that doesn't doesn't really add up to me. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely been an interesting thing to look at. Last award, Luke Fickle, the head coach from Cincinnati, won Coach of the Year. There were a couple really good candidates. Mel Tucker was the obvious candidate. John Harbaugh. Sorry, Jim Harbaugh, not John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh's done a fine job in Baltimore, but Jim Harbaugh has done did a great job this year at Michigan, winning them their first Big Ten title in 17 years. I think it should have been Dave Aranda at Baylor. He did a, a similar situation to Michigan State, two-win year last year, comes back, won 11 games, win a Big 12 championship, beat Oklahoma, beat your rivals a couple times. I thought they, they Baylor had a great season, and I think he should have been honored for that award. I think he might be the most underrated coach in the country. Because he's doing something similar to what Mel Tucker is doing, but just isn't getting the recognition for it, obviously, because he coaches at a school like Baylor. Anyways, we're going to move into our college football picks. 
since we won't be back, like we said, until after the new year, we're going to be picking the Army-Navy game this weekend, and then we'll be picking some of the major bowl games that will uh, that will occur <laughs> over the break. Starting off, America's game, Army-Navy what on Saturday. You know, you know the holidays start or officially officially begun when you when the Army Navy game is on a Saturday afternoon on CBS. You know, it's just it's it's the best it's one of the best times of the year, and in the over under set at thirty five. <laughs> I probably have to take the under here, but who who knows? I like and obviously I like Army in this game. I think they're just a much better team. So sorry, Navy fans. Yeah, I I agree. I'm gonna take Army in this one. I think the spread is like seven and a half. I think they'll cover. I think Navy will cover. Sorry, uh, Navy hasn't had a great year. None of that matters when it comes to this game. Both teams come out ready to play. Usually, it's snowy. It's it's a it's a great game to watch. Lots of lots of runs. If you enjoyed the Patriots game on Monday night, you'll enjoy the Army Navy game. I, I I love the game. I love the uniforms that they wear for the game. I love what it means. So I'm really excited to watch it. Like you said, holiday season starts when you watch that game. It's the <laughs> it's the start of bowl season. It's, it's the only with, it's the only game on Saturday too. Yes, it is. Other than if you want to watch the FCS playoffs, the college football playoff for the FCS. Yeah, why not? And why not? It'll be on ESPN2 if for any of those that are interested in watching. Moving into our bowl games, starting off on the Alamo Bowl, which I believe is on December 28th, if I can confirm that. The Oregon Ducks play the Oklahoma Sooners. I do like Oklahoma in this game. I, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think Oklahoma is the better team, especially with Brett Venables. Yep, it was Brett Venables, right? He's the new coach at Oklahoma, yeah. so... Yeah, I think they'll be they'll come out ready to play. So especially after that tough loss at Bedlam. So yeah, definitely the game is on Wednesday, December 29th. Just to clarify, I'm really excited for this game. It's probably the best non-major, non-New Year Six bowl game. Both teams had high expectations coming in the year. I'm going to take Oklahoma as well. Oregon will not have Kayvon Thibodeau. He is, Forgot he, about that. Yeah, he he, he will not be playing. He will most likely be a top two pick in the draft, or top five pick. I would say at least he's absolutely dominant, but. Without him, Oregon's really going to struggle, and I think that there's still plenty of talent there at Oklahoma. I know they've had some issues with Lincoln Riley leaving, but I don't think that affects the actual team, and I think they're going to get a win, mm-hmm. even though I will say bowl season is so hard to pick games. Because, Absolutely. Because it's such an interesting time because, I mean, they don't mean anything. You're playing for pride. Some teams, when their coaches leave, it, it's an interesting situation. Especially teams get three to four right. weeks off. Like right. they, they, have, you know, they have a lot of time to prepare. They have a lot of time off. They get a lot of guys healthy back, especially, and we're going to talk about this game in a minute, but Michigan State's going to get Jalen, probably going to get Jay Naylor back off that broken hand from October 30th. So we'll have it, to see. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into the bowl games, and it's just interesting to watch, and may, it makes picking them very difficult. Speaking of the Pitt MSU game, that's our next game on the on the docket, December thirtieth, Friday night or Thursday night. Sorry, Pitt and Michigan State play in Atlanta in the Peach Bowl, the first of the New Year's Six bowls. Who you got, Jay? Well, as of right now, we don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to play. He's he might opt out. We don't know, but I think I don't think he'll play. So I like MSU in this game, but I'm going to put an asterisk on this game. If he does play, if he can tear the MSU secondary apart, um, and especially with MSU getting a lot of guys back. Um, of all the time off, I do think MSU will win this game if Kenny Pickett doesn't play. So as of right now, I'll take MSU. I'm still uh, – you're right, Kenny Pickett most likely will not play, but he has yet to officially announce yep. whether or not he will. Um, Pitt also lost their offensive coordinator. He left – I forget which school he went to, unfortunately, but I know he – went to Nebraska. Nebraska, that's right, yeah. yes. He left for Nebraska, I believe, earlier this week. So no offensive coordinator for Pitt. I think that part of that plays into why Pickett won't play – 
So I'm going to go with Michigan State in this one. They're going to be completely healthy. I think it's an opportunity for them to go out and show that this year, like just put a nice stamp on the yep. season, say this was a successful year. I had a great year even at that. Um, I think it's a big one for State. I know Mel Tucker has made comments about this is a big game for them recruiting-wise, being Absolutely. in Atlanta. A lot of lots of great recruits in Atlanta in the Georgia area. So I think they'll want to make a statement for them in Atlanta. So I'm going to go with Michigan State. If Kenny Pickett plays, the over is going to be a very good play in this game. I believe it's set at 60 currently. Oh, my God. And if and yeah, and I expect a big game from Kenneth Walker. For most likely, we'll have to wait and see. He has yet to decide if he's going to the NFL draft, but most likely will be his last game as a Spartan. And I'd like to see him go out, and I think he'll go out and really just have a great game. Go off on a high note. Yeah, go off on a really high note and just absolutely dominate that pit defense. Next big New York New York sorry New York Six Bowl game. We have Notre Dame taking on Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. I do think Oklahoma State, after that very tough one inch away from the college football playoff, I do think they'll come back and beat Notre Dame, especially up Notre Dame losing their losing Brian Kelly. But you know Marcus Freeman's their new coach, very well respected around the college football landscape. I do think that Oklahoma State will will win this game. So I think Notre Dame will keep it pretty close with Marcus Freeman at the helm. Yeah. He, he's going to coach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He'll, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Lots of really both teams have really good defenses. I'm going to go with Notre Dame in this one. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw the video of Marcus Freeman addressing the team when he was hired. May, I, I, yeah. would, I would love to play for Marcus Freeman. That's all I'm going to say. He, they really he, like him. He, so. he's, uh, the lot, players love him there, so I think they're going to go out and really perform for him. Oklahoma State lost their defensive coordinator. He went to, I uh, can't remember his name, but he did go to Ohio State. So they'll be without their defensive coordinator. How much of a difference we'll have to that will make, we'll have to wait and see. So I'm going to take Notre Dame in a close one and a low-scoring game to start New Year's Day. Moving in also on New Year's Day, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl between Utah and Ohio State. I do like Ohio State to win this game. Um, I think that that loss after that loss against Michigan will only help, will only motivate them going forward because obviously you don't want to lose to a, t- a team a team like that for, for rivalry purposes. And yeah, I like Ohio State to win this game against Utah in the Pac-12. So I'm I'm torn on this one. Obviously, Ohio State probably the much better team on paper. Obviously, look at C.J. Stroud had a great year, but this is one of those games where Ohio State they didn't tech, they underperformed this year. You could say right they didn't make the college yeah. football playoff. They didn't win the Big Ten. They lost to Michigan. That's so. If there's two ways they can go, they can just cash it in. And just you know, show up to the Rose Bowl. I hope they don't, because playing the Rose Bowl is a big deal. And then anybody who ever gets the opportunity should show up. And Utah's going to want it. This is their first ever Rose Bowl. I think I'm going to go with Utah. Their defense is really good. I think that's their mainstay. And we've seen that Ohio State struggles against the better defenses. Their two losses are probably to the two top defenses they've played. Oregon, really good defense. Michigan, really good defense. They struggled mm-hmm. against both. So that's why I think I'm going to go with Utah on this one to win their first Rose Bowl which would be awesome to see for them, especially after the year they had. Um, so definitely fun to watch in that one. Moving on to the Sugar Bowl, Baylor, the Big 12 champions, like we said, have had a great year this year. Take on the Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Should be an interesting one. Well, Baylor did win the Sugar Bowl two years ago with uh, Matt Rule, if I'm not they mistaken. Oh, they did. They lost to Georgia in that one. Real? Oh, man. I, yeah, but I, I remember Baylor made the Sugar Bowl two years ago. I like Ole Miss in this game. I think I think Ole Miss is really well coached. Obviously, Lane Kiffin. I think Matt Corral will be able to to, to beat that that really good, that really solid Baylor defense. So, yeah, I do like Ole Miss. It's going to be 
interesting one to watch because you have on one side Baylor, more of a defensive team. They have a really good defense. Yep. I'm not sure who's going to start at quarterback. They had their freshman start in the conference championship game. Shapin played really well on that one. Obviously, Bohannon might will probably be healthy, so we'll have to wait and see how they run with that. But I think Matt Corral in his final game at Ole Miss, most likely. I think he's going to just have an awesome game. Obviously, it's more of a home game. Well, then again, Baylor and Ole Miss are both pretty close. Yeah, they're, New Orleans. they're both in the South. So I don't think it would be that big of a difference. But I, I like Ole Miss in this one. I think Ole Miss had a great year, and I'm interested to see how Lane Kiffin continues to progress that program. So I, I like Ole Miss to win the Super Bowl. Do you think Lane Kiffin leaves? There's been yeah. some rumors that he's he might be where, gone. Where would he? Hmm. I don't think he leaves this year. He might leave. I, I think, can see him leaving. I think next year he could leave, but no, I think he stays. Oregon? No, I don't think he goes to Oregon. I think they're going to get Chip Kelly, which Chip Kelly has been asked by – or Oregon asked UCLA to interview Chip Kelly. He he obviously left about 10 years ago for the yeah. NFL from Oregon, but he led them to a national championship. So it would be a lot of fun to see him return there. But anyways, we're going to move in to the playoff, the two playoff games this year in the Orange Bowl, Georgia, and Michigan – in the sorry, in the Cotton Bowl, you have Cincinnati playing Alabama. Let's start with the Orange Bowl. Georgia versus Michigan. Who I like got? I like Georgia in this game. I know Michigan is one of the hottest teams in the country right now, but I think Georgia, uh, coming off of that brutal SEC championship loss, just getting destroyed by Bryce Young in Alabama. I think Georgia comes out and makes a statement that they're still one of the best defenses in the country and one of the best teams in the country, obviously. So I do think Georgia comes out and gets to the national title game. What do you think? I I really like Georgia in this one. My issue yeah. my issue with Michigan is not their defense. I just don't think their offense matches up. They're more they are a ground and pound team. Give the ball to Haskins and Corum. And while they are might be the best running back duo in the country, I don't think you beat Georgia by running it into them. Right? That Jordan Davis takes up right. this giant hole. That hole. That I mean, uh, I forget, I think it was the South Carolina coach earlier this year said. How are you supposed to beat them? Shane, so they're, they're, Shane Beamer? Yeah, they're all five stars, right? Like you can't, Most teams can't match up with them. I think Michigan does have the size, but as Alabama proved in the SEC championship, you got to be able to throw the football. you got to throw it effectively, and I don't just don't see how Cade McNamara can do that. He had a, a, McNamara did a good, fine job this year, but his only game where he was able to do that was against Michigan State, which we all know their secondary is the worst in the country, and yeah. it was statistically this year. So I think going up against a defense like Georgia, they won't be able to move the ball as effectively through the air. So I think Georgia wins a tight one. The only thing I'm interested to see with Georgia is who starts at quarterback. I think JT Daniels. Bennett. I, JT Daniels is the better quarterback. I yeah, think I agree. He, he should start. I'm not sure why he didn't even get an opportunity in the SEC championship. I mean, Bennett didn't play terrible, but I think I think Daniels makes a difference in that team. It hasn't mattered all year, but when it comes to when I we both think they'll play in the national championship against. We'll, we'll have to wait and see who we both pick. But I think he's going to have he, – JT Daniels gives them a better, better opportunity to beat, I would say, probably Alabama. I think other than Alabama, it doesn't matter who starts a quarterback for them, but I think Daniels should start for them yep. in the playoff. Moving into the Cotton Bowl, Cincinnati taking on Alabama, 13.5-point underdog Cincinnati. It's a big spread, but I, I do like Alabama to win the game. I don't really know if they'll cover the spread. I'm I'm really torn on that, um, but – Oh, man, I, I don't know yet, but yeah, I do like Bama to match up and take on Georgia in the national championship. I just don't, I just don't think Cincinnati, Cincinnati's a great team, great year, undefeated. I just don't think they have the personnel to match up against what Alabama is able to do, especially with Bryce Young, the Heisman favorite, and what he's able to do pa- passing wise. So, I think 
if I had to make a pick, usually in the playoff you have usually you have one game that's close, one game that's a blowout. I think this game will be the close one. Really? I really think so because uh, for those not aware, I know we didn't announce the Jim Thorpe Award winner, which goes to the best defensive back, but Kobe Bryant, spelled a little differently. Yeah, he won from with Cincinnati. You have to see Kobe, C-O-B-Y. Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati won the Jim Thorpe Award. Cincinnati's got one of the best secondaries in the country. That is true. So I think they match up well. Like, I think both, I, I honestly like both these playoff games because both teams match up against each other. I still gonna go with Bama. I mean, it's Alabama. I just see no reason why they can't win this one. But I definitely like Cincinnati to keep it close, to cover the 13 and a half, and make a statement before they move into the Big 12 that, hey, the little guy can do it too. Like, we're here to stay. And I think that part of that, why they'll keep it close, is the chip on their soldier to, shoulder to keep it close. And it's it is a shame because John Mechie, the Alabama, arguably Alabama's best receiver, is out for the year with a torn ACL. And I, I really wanted to see that matchup against Kobe Bryant. That would have been the matchup to see against corner and wide receivers. Yeah, so. yeah definitely losing your top receiver is going to make yeah. a big difference. Jamison Williams is still a great receiver for Alabama, likely to be a first-round pick this year in the NFL draft. But obviously losing Mechie to match up will make a difference for Alabama. Moving on, we both have Georgia and Alabama playing in the national championship. Jay, who do you have winning? My you national champ my, my national champion is going to be Georgia. Georgia is going to beat Alabama. I think they're I understand what Bryce Young did to them early in the year, but I think I think like you said, Matt, the quarterback change that they may make with JT Daniels is gonna help them because Tetsa did not play well in that national that in the SEC championship game. I don't think there's any doubt any doubt about that. But I think Georgia's defense is gonna be a lot better in this national championship. Um and I think, yeah, I think they find a way to to beat Bama, to beat um beat the Goliath. So David versus Goliath. Every, everything like I agree with you on a lot of those statements that Georgia, I do think they'll bounce back. I want to pick Georgia, but it it never ends well picking against yeah, Alabama. I, I just so, in other years I would probably pick Bama, but we're we're still talking and, about this is Bama's and, worst and, team, right? right. And, but know, it's it's Nick Saban. Exactly. You don't want to pick you don't want to pick Alabama because it's this has been their worst team. Even though I mean they have a Heisman winner at quarterback, they don't have the name same name talent that they've had in years past. But I'm. I, they're not as dominant as last year, but I'm still going to go with Alabama. I, I as much when as I don't want Bama. to. When in doubt, it's so close. If it's, it's a coin flip for me, and you you never I I can't pick against Nick Saban in Alabama. So I think they repeat as national champions and win their. I, I don't know how many do they have now. Way too, way too many. Uh, I mean, I, over the last ten years, I mean, they beat Notre Dame. They've they won last year. Who who did they, who else have they beaten? They beat I mean, LSU ten Georgia. years ago. It'd be Georgia with Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, it's it's amazing once. what they've done, and to think Nick Saban was here. Let's see, they won it in fifth. No, yeah, they won it in fifteen, won it in sixteen. Uh, they, they're way too good. That, that's where I'm not going to count it up. They've won too many national championships. Nick Saban, easily the greatest college football coach of all time. I don't think there's anything against saying that. And what he's yep. done just at Alabama has been impressive, regardless of what he did at Michigan State, which was really good. LSU won a national championship there. Other than, I mean, he's been the best college football coach of all time. I don't think there's any debating that. That's going to do it for us here today at Impact Sports Daily. I am your host, Matt Merrifield. Joined today with Jay DeCoster. I wish everybody listening a happy holidays, a relaxing happy holidays over the next couple weeks. We'll see you next semester, second semester, January. Have a great rest of your day and a great holiday. You've been listening to Impact Sports Daily.